The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Hello and welcome to Engaging Truth. I'm your host for this particular segment, Bill Pruitt. And with us today is Pastor Eric Heiner of Hope Lutheran Church in Lubbock, Texas. Pastor, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, uh, take a, a couple of minutes, if you will, to, to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your congregation and, uh, and your mission there in, in beautiful downtown Lubbock. Yeah, I'd be amiss to not start with my family then. Um, so I'm married uh, for 20 years. Actually, we just celebrated 20 years of marriage uh, this past July. So uh, so that's been great. My partner in ministry and, and spouse is Heather. She runs our, our preschool here at Hope. And so we, we the challenges of working together and living together is, is always there. But, uh, but she's been a great partner in ministry. And uh, between the two of us, we have three beautiful daughters, uh, Catherine, Lauren, and Madeline. And so, um, uh, so a wonderful family feel very, very blessed, but, uh, um, yeah. So here at Hope Lutheran church, I've been here for, uh, about nine years now. Um, and, uh, just almost on the dot nine years, I think maybe a, a month shy of that, but it's been a, an exciting thing, you know, to, to arrive and then go through, oh, everything that comes, uh, with life of pandemic, a changing world and, uh, just the changing, uh, nature of our own country is is always a challenge one of the things i i love about ministry is is there's there's never a, a stale moment there's always something new to figure out so uh, but hope's a great church we have a good preschool and, and great and wonderful people it's a blessing to serve here okay so i understand that the uh the church was founded in the in the late 1980s so it's been around yeah, the... about 89 i think is when it was founded very good very good. Uh, one of the hot discussion topics uh, nowadays is the post-pandemic church and how congregations are recovering. Uh, many congregations have faced difficulties in rebounding from the COVID uh, pandemic, but it looks like Hope, Hope Lutheran uh, appears to be thriving. And now that people are returning to the actual process of congregating, which was so hard to do when we were masked up and uh, taking people's temperatures on the way in and out, how do you keep uh, how do you keep people active and energized at hope i think a couple of everybody's got their covid story and and now becoming their post covid story of how they um re-engage in the community and and uh there's a bunch of things that we wanted to do but never quite got around to it but one of the challenges that that uh, we always try to keep in front of us was how do we keep doing the ministry of the word i mean when when you think about the role and responsibility of the church it's to proclaim the gospel and proclaim the word and uh and that's never a negotiable thing for a church to do so it's just got to be done and so we try to always ask ourselves the question of how do we continue to to proclaim the word so during the pandemic uh not having service was never an option for us um i at one point uh I got two phone calls within the same day. One said, uh, I'm not coming to the church because your mask policies aren't strong enough. And 
Another one said, I'm not coming to church because your mask policies are too strong. And I thought, well, good. I'm doing something right. I'm making everybody mad. Um, but it was, it was, uh, so we, we tried to accommodate the best we could. And, and as everybody has that story, but, but, uh, just, we just never had that thought of, we're just not going to have church And And I understand everybody's situation was different, but for us, it was, we, we did it differently. We did it in some unique ways, including the parking lot service, uh, using, a broadcast radio. And, but each, each one of those efforts of that we did differently was just trying to say to the community and to our members that, Hey, the proclamation of the world word will not stop. We will continue to be the church in whatever pandemic or situation or struggle that life brings about. Um, and so we just kind of have continued to do that. Um, so when the pandemic was over, life kind of settles down people's anxieties about COVID settle down. We just kind of continue to do what we do. Um, it did help, I will say, being in Lubbock, Texas, um, uh, kind of a, a fiercely independent community that, that doesn't want anyone telling anyone what to do. So um, that, that did help a little bit. Your website indicates the fourfold mission of your church is to grow, unite, serve, and share. Um, and it sounds like you've, you've followed that through throughout the pandemic and, and going forward. How is how are those um, values or that uh, the mission? How's that reflected in the programs that you continue to undertake? Yeah, you know, one of the ones that that really hurt during the pandemic was the unite as a family and the desire to have our members all come together and unite with each other, and then also to unite with other people within the community um, to live life together, if you will. And and uh, because when all of a sudden living life together was uh, frowned upon and discouraged, uh, the big question became, how do we do that? Or how do we re-engage in a post-pandemic world? How do we re-engage life together? Um, so a couple of things that we've been doing, and, and we're going to kick it off again. We've done it now four or five times, and we'll kick it off again. It's what, something we call four-by-four groups. And, and it's four couples, four families, four whatever households, if you will, that will meet four times over a period of four months. And in the engagement is simply fellowship, uh, maybe a small devotional piece, but, but it's not a grow effort. It is a purely a unite effort of just trying to help people re-engage in what it means to live life together. Um, being very intentional about sermons. One of the things I challenged our congregation a lot in the preaching was to take the barbecue pit out of the backyard, put it back in the front yard. Uh, you know, where we live in privacy fences. We're the only society that can go from our garage to work and then back to our garage and never have an interaction with another human being. And, and that's a new thing. Even I'm not old, I don't believe, but, uh, I'm getting there, but, uh, but even in my time that, that didn't used to be that way. And, and so trying to get people to put, go back into their front yards, talk to a neighbor, engage in people around you. So challenging them in those ways, asking them, do you know your neighbor's names? That was an interesting thing to, to, say, okay, you have six neighbors around you. Do you, do you, can you name them all? And, and the, that's a real challenge for a lot of people. So, so just challenging and just keeping that emphasis in front of people to say, Hey, life together is important. You know, this goes to our teaching of vocation that everything that you do in your life 
affects your neighbor. And so uh, how do you uh, love your neighbor in your day-to-day activities? Uh, so so that's that's kind of the unite aspect. That's how we've kind of put that in front of the congregation. So, but it's grow, unite, serve, and share. Serve would be meeting uh, community uh, networks of uh, food banks and and uh, uh, serving the community needs. And then share is the one that <clears throat> we're really kind of embarking upon right now is, is learning how we can develop a culture within the congregation of sharing Jesus with the other people around us. And that, that's always an ongoing challenge. And so all of them are a challenge, but but the goal for us is to try to keep them all in front of us. That way we're always moving towards something and not just kind of floating and doing one thing just because that's what we do, but but having a purpose in the what we do. So basically the the pandemic forced us to be more insular. I like your your garage door uh, analogy. Uh and it, it's it's really hard to do outreach when you're focused inward. And I think that that one of the things that, that many congregations are faced with now is is making that turn from being inward facing to be outward facing again. How do you guys handle right. that? Yeah. So so I strongly believe that outreach and, and evangelism even happens just in the life that you live. So we've what we've done, I think, in a lot of times is we've taken evangelism and com- compartmentalized that out of the rest of our life and our out of out of the day to day of who we are. And so we've taken that out of our life and made it a thing that we do, um, as opposed to saying in life, you're just going to be a witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that should just be part of our day-to-day experience and part of our day-to-day interactions. If we can go through our Monday through Sunday and, and never have a, a witness opportunity, then, then that says something about, um, is that part of our intentional efforts of what it means to live out our Christian life in our community? And so a lot of times I think we talk about evangelism in a way of, oh, that's that's something I have to do, almost like as if we're volunteering to be an usher. We don't volunteer to go be an evangelist. Evangelism is just becomes part of the DNA of our day-to-day life. And so, so to challenge the congregation, you can't evangelize if we have no personal interactions with people. Um, we like our privacy. We like our uh, alone time, and I get that. And I'm not trying to take that away. But but in our day to day, how can we create opportunities to have interactions with the people around us? And so again, that goes back to the saying: maybe it's as simple as taking the barbecue pit out of your backyard, put it in your front yard, and then when you see your neighbor leaving your, their house, you can. Uh, sim- it starts with the friendly wave, and that may lead to further opportunities of engagement. Now, if your homeowners association doesn't like that, then just put it back in the backyard when you're done. But <laughs> exactly. But the engagements are important. Um simple things, uh, you know, not that I do this 100% of the time, but oftentimes I'll intentionally not go through the self-checkout line because I want to have the chance to engage my neighbor. And not that it always leads to evangelism or an opportunity to witness but sometimes it does and and I'll it'll never lead to that if I never have the human engagement and so so that's a real challenge for our church to start thinking of their life maybe a little differently and just as you said outwardly as opposed to inwardly 
So instead of always trying to think about what makes my life more comfortable in my day to day, let's start thinking about what will give my life a greater opportunity to witness to this hope that I have within me um, and share that message of Jesus that, that people may or may not have. But but my goodness, isn't it a great thing to be able to share that message with somebody and bring that hope to their life as well? Yeah, we call that here at, at Engaging Truth, we have a, a philosophy that we call applied theology, where we'd rather we'd rather see theology in action than necessarily be preached from a pulpit. Not that being preached from a pulpit is a bad thing, but we like to see people go out and practice religion as opposed to simply hearing it. And uh, let me take a couple of moments uh, to talk a little bit about ELM and what we do. These Engaging Truth programs are supported by gifts from individual donors and grants from charitable foundations. And all our on-air staff and board members serve in a voluntary capacity without compensation. We're inviting you to help support our ministry with your prayers and donations. If you'd like to, please contact us at Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410. Visit our website at elmhouston.org or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. You're, you talked a little bit about your Grow, Unite, Serve, and Share uh, philosophy, and that really seems to align with the core values that your ministry has established as well. That list is on your, your church website, and it, is, it, is that something you guys have, have worked on and fashioned as a uh, intentional kind of piece that you uh, the congregations work through? So it started a, a while back and has uh, probably in the last, well, since the pandemic, taken on uh, some new eyes of trying to make sure it still continues to fit. Um, in fact, um, I don't know, sheepishly will say that share was the most recent one added just a couple of years ago. And one of the things as we looked and said, does this still fit who we are and what we want to be? I says, you know, serving is great, um, but serving does not imply that we are sharing the message of Jesus with somebody else. And so we added share to that and kind of reworked the the logo a little bit to reflect that more and, and made sure our core values were still intact and appropriate and reflected who we were as a church. And so uh, the it's an ongoing intentional effort. And, you know, you asked about programs earlier, and that's one of the things that we're trying to work on now is less the programs, but more just are, is the culture reflective of, of what, what we believe and what we want to do as, as, uh, Christian bodies gathering together. And, and so we're, we're really trying to do things that push and influence and teach and instill a cultural mindset of grow, unite, serve, and share more than saying, okay, here's the program that reflects each one of them. Now they may be done through programs. Like I mentioned the four by four group, but, but a lot of it is just in the conversations we have, the water cooler conversations, uh, home visit conversations and that, that try to move that forward. But but yeah, it was it was a very intentional thing that we did as a leadership and have continuously walked through. We do a every fifth Sunday of the month, we do a uh, potluck and that is each so that's four times a year and each potluck is uh, uh focuses on one either grow, unite, serve or share and just again re uh, instills that focus within the congregation. It's just an opportunity to communicate it and keep it in front of the church. You have, uh, I noticed you offer 
two services every Sunday. Are they are the, the two services similar? Or are they are, are they both the same? I notice a lot of congregations are going through a, a more traditional service at one point and then a, a more contemporary service as a second. Uh, is that the way you guys do it, or do you do two similar services? Or they're the exact same service. Um, okay. One's a carbon copy of the other. Uh, not not for any just grand reason. I, I do like it because I said, this is what we do best and this is what we do well. And this is who we are as a church. This is where our talent is. And so uh, the culture between the two services, uh, it aligns a lot more that way. Uh, they're not fighting in between the two services or there's no exactly. differences not, of we're the real churches, Lutherans and you're not the God. real Lutherans or anything like that. Yeah, there's not two churches, but but whenever you have two services, there's always going to be a somewhat of a disconnect that you are constantly trying to bridge. But but we do the same service. We have amazing, talented uh, musicians, and they're the best in our in our church. Uh, one of the best assets we have. So to to not utilize them in in our worship service and both both services would be a, a miss for us. Um, you mentioned earlier multimedia. Do you have? I, I know what sort of multimedia offerings did you do during the pandemic that you have continued uh, afterwards? Yeah. So one of the things the pandemic uh, brought to light for us was the importance of multimedia. And it's, it's kind of opened our eyes to say, there's a lot of opportunity that we're not taking advantage of. You know, I mentioned I have two teenage daughters their entire life is spent on a phone and, and regretfully so, but, but they're two teenage girls. So I, I, there's, I fight it as much as I can, but that's, that's their world. And, and how much of a, our, the next generation's world is lived in multimedia. It blows me away. And I don't necessarily understand it and I don't need to, I just need to recognize it. So we're constantly, in fact, that's one of our next big uh, missions is to try to embark upon how we can improve that. We do online worship. Uh, our technology recently broke. So right now, and this is what's amazing about technology, right now we just use a phone <laughs> to, and, and it works surprisingly well, but there's a lot more and a lot better we can do. But we we have, we have actually, it just got delivered a couple of weeks ago, the, the new uh, system for launching on, on live stream. But, um, but that, that stuff is important. Uh, the number of members that I have that come to me and, and say, Oh, I caught you online and we were traveling and, and, uh, I was out of town, but I watched the service online as a family. And, uh, and I appreciate that, that, that gives them some connectivity when they're not here. Um, there's, the difficult side of it of people say, well, I quit coming to church because I just watch online and, and that can be challenged on a pastoral basis. But, but, uh, but the opportunities that it presents, the other thing we're trying to get better at and, and we're playing around with is podcasts and how we can utilize podcasts better. And what it's done is it's opened up my eyes to a whole world of platforms of reaching out to the people. You know, when we do, uh, so our new member class, I think, is going to be done online because the challenge of getting people, I can have, let's say I host, I'm going I'm to say, we're going to have a Wednesday night Bible study. Please come and, and join us. We can get 20 people to come to that. Um, but if I do it online, 
then it all opens the door. We'll get 200 people that will engage in that. And it just opens that door to people who, for whatever reason, right or wrong, that's a whole nother conversation, will are more easily to be engaged while sitting at home and do not want to come out here. So it's a growth aspect. But sometimes I think as a church, we say, hey, you have to be mature in that growth to, in the way that we expect you to be mature before we engage them where they're at in that growth process. So if somebody is still learning, maybe intimidated to come in person and sit in a Bible study, they can you know, watch it online or a podcast or something like that and can get a lot more out of it. So we're trying to engage people at different levels in that regard, um, you know, for me, I would love it if everybody would just show up and listen, but that's just not the way it always works. Yeah, the, the, you, there's no substitution for congregating a, a congregation congregating, as the old exactly. Uh, are you also using some of the multimedia tools in your educational system, your school as well? So we use a lot of multimedia. Well, it, it, just in terms of publicizing and advertising and communication, but the communication is the biggest part. We use a system called Hi Mama. So, you know, every time, you know, little Johnny eats uh, lunch, they get a mom gets a notification on their phone. Johnny ate lunch. Every time they go to the bathroom, Johnny went to the bathroom. Every time they, you know, you know do something good or bad, mom's phone will sit there and buzz again and again and again throughout the day, giving every. So, so mom feels like she's very closely connected to to their child when, when they're at school. And so that's been a, a very great system for us in communication. So parents, anxiety levels go down, their awareness goes up and everything benefits the parent and the school. That's great. Um, we've got just a couple of minutes left. If, uh, if listeners would like to contact you or your church, um, how can they reach you uh, via the email or, or the internet? Yeah, so our website is hopelubbock.com. That's L-U-B-B-O-C-K, hopelubbock.com. My email is just eheiner, so E-H-I-N-E-R, at hopelubbock.com. And, of course, the phones always work. So uh, that phone number is 806-798-2747. And they can contact both the church and the school through that that same number. Yeah, yes, they can. Very good. Well, thank you for joining us here on Engaging the Truth. I'd, I'd like I'd like you to take a, a minute, if you will, to, to close us with prayer before we close uh, this. Thank you very much for uh, your insight and, and for sharing uh, some of the wonderful work that you're doing there at Hope to uh, to to bring the church back from from the pandemic. Um, please please pray for us. Absolutely, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the Lord of the church, and you have given us your word to share with the world around us. And Lord, it's amazing as we sit here and see all the unique ways in which that word can be shared. Uh, Lord, a a world that has found diversity in so many ways uh, through technology, through abilities, through uh, generational differences, Lord, but uh, your word is the one that cuts through all those things and uh, captures the heart of those who hear. Help us, O Lord, give us your strength, Give us your encouragement to continue to be proclaimers of your grace and your truth as we pray this through your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor Eric Heiner of Hope Lutheran in Lubbock, Texas. Thank you for joining us and sharing your the story of your, your wonderful work in the church.
And thank you, listeners, for joining us here at uh, Engaging Truth. Come back and listen to us next week. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.